Well, good evening. It's a pleasure to be here once again in your midst, and we will make a start to this evening's worship service. We do welcome those online as well, and we will commence at singing 542. Five hundred and forty-two, my faith looks up to Thee, Thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray, take all my guilt away, O let me from this day be holy Thine. Let us stand to sing the entire hymn. seated. Let us bow our heads in prayer, asking for the Lord's blessing upon this evening service. Our Heavenly Father, we do come once again humbly to Thy mercy seat. We rejoice in the presence of Thy name, and Lord, we are pleased to be one of Thy number even here tonight. And O God, we do meet with Thee once again, not reliant upon this morning's message, but Lord, we pray that Thou would do it again here tonight, that, Lord, that we would truly see the movement of God. And, Lord, we pray for that infilling of the Holy Spirit in which we desperately need. And, Lord, we think of even the apostles of old when they would say, give us men full of the Holy Ghost. So, Lord, we do pray that Thou would visit each and every one of us. And, Lord, we pray that Thou would give a special word here tonight, a word of encouragement, a word that fills that, soul, that void in the soul, and Lord, we pray that eyes would be turned to the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Lord, as we just sang, my faith looks up to Thee, Thou Lamb of Calvary. Lord, we do look to Thee at this time for help, and Lord, we do understand the weariness of the flesh, that how short the arm of man is. But Lord, we know that Thine arm is not short, that it cannot save. So Lord, we rely upon Thee here tonight, and O oh God, we pray that Thou would once again be one of our number here 
uh, that we would see uh, even the finger uh, of God move here. Lord, we do uh, think of those others who are uh, preaching the gospel as well. We think of those other churches uh, that are making a stand for Thee. Lord, we pray that Thou would visit them as well. Uh, we think of uh, those churches here tonight that uh, do not have a minister. We think of uh, Phoenix. We think of uh, Calgary. And Lord, we pray that Thou would uh, be with them at this time. And, O oh Lord, that they would know uh, even uh, that peace that does surpass uh, all understanding. Lord, we thank Thee for Thy Word that has gone out this morning. We pray once again that Thou would uh, apply it to our hearts. And, Lord, that we would know uh, that what it is to endure, uh, to endure in these times. Thou didst see the times, the darkness of the times. And, Lord, that Thou did call Thy people even to endure uh, the affliction of this time. So, Lord, we pray. We pray for help. We pray for strength. And Lord, even as the psalmist said, that my strength even does come uh, from God Himself. So Lord, we do look to Thee completely dependent upon Thee. As Lord, we know we have no power in ourselves. Uh, unless, O oh Lord, Thou dost visit us here tonight, then what could we possibly accomplish? Uh, so Lord, we do look to Thee. Uh, to Thou would do the unexpected here. We pray uh, for this church in Toronto, Lord. We pray that Thou would continue to use this place as a beacon of light, uh, that others may come and even get converted, Lord, that they would hear that sound of the gospel, and Lord, that they would repent of their sin and come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that Thou would grant these things. Fill every seat, we pray. Add unto the church that should be sa such as that should be saved. And Lord, that we would be witnesses uh, even of the true uh, and living God. We think once again, O Lord, of the missionaries. We think of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministry, Lord. We pray uh, for that outreach, and we do pray for Mexico. We think of uh, Jason Boyle at this time. And once again, Lord, we do lift up those who are traveling. We think of uh, the pastor here, uh, Reverend Saunders, Lord. We pray for him and his family. Uh, we also remember uh, Reverend Ian Golliger, those who are traveling uh, to uh, Calgary. We think of the Seaman family. And Lord, we pray, O oh Lord, uh, once again, that Thou would grant great grace, uh, that Thou would help greatly and richly bless the preaching of Thy Word. So Lord, we do pray. Uh, we look to Thee at this time. We think of those who need a special touch from Thee. We think of those here tonight, uh, those online who need a special touch from the Savior. Lord, I pray that Thou would visit them Visit them in mercy, I pray, that Thou would tend to their every need, attend to the needs of Thy church. And Lord, for Thou didst say that I will build My church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Lord, we do pray once again that Thou would be one of our number here, for Thou didst say even when there's two or three gathered in My name, there am I in the midst of them. Be with us, we pray. Grant Thy special blessing, we pray, in Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Let us turn to another hymn, 681. Six hundred and eighty-one, a well-known uh, hymn. There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing as sent from the Savior above. Let us stand to sing the entire hymn.
Amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles here this evening, if you can please turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, and we will read the entire chapter. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, and to the ministry of the Word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, And when they had prayed, they had their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and the power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose a certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and of them of, of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say, that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council 
looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. May the Lord add his own stamp of approval upon his inherent, inspired, and infallible word. It's a pleasure. Once again, I want to welcome everyone here to this evening's worship service. A pleasure to be here once again. And just a couple of minor announcements here tonight. Do remember next week, Wednesday night, prayer meeting at 7.30 on Zoom and in person. And also do remember both services once again next week. And Reverend Ian Golliger will be your speaker, Lord willing, for both morning and evening service. And do once again pray for those who are traveling, those who are traveling who do need prayer, as the Scriptures does tell us that safety is of the Lord. We will commence another hymn here, as those are all the necessary announcements. And we also, uh, one more reminder is for the after the evening service, uh, there is a youth uh, choir uh, practice, a youth choir practice that will be held uh, after uh, the evening service. Let us turn to 602. Six hundred and two, victory through grace, conquering now and still to conquer, rideth a king in his might, leading the host of all the faithful into the midst of the fight. See them with courage advancing, clad in their brilliant array, shouting the name of their leader, uh, hear them exultingly uh, say. Let us stand to sing uh, the entire hymn. seated.
If you have your Bibles once again, please turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and we will be focusing here tonight at Acts chapter 4, verse 36, the man Barnabas. We'll be preaching on him, drawing from his life. And we will commence at chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of Thy servant David hast said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said of them, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witnesses, a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many were possessors of the lands or house or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man after every man according as he had need. And Joseph, whose by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Let us bow our heads in prayer, asking for the Lord's help in the preaching of His Word. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come once again humbly to Thy throne of grace. Lord, we come once again asking of Thee one last time, O Lord, for Thy help in the preaching of Thy Word. Lord, as we just read about being full of the Holy Ghost and the place was shaken, Lord, we pray that Thou would shake this place here tonight. Fill every soul, we pray, Move in this place, Lord, how we need a touch from the Savior. Help the speaker, we pray. Bless those who are hearing the word. Open the ears, open the heart, we pray. Prepare us for thy word. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. In this morning's service, I preached on Moses. And most of you would have known Moses, at least the name and some of the events that uh, Moses would have done. 
Uh, but tonight here is another a character in which you might not know much about. Well, if I tell you, can you uh, write me just one page about Barnabas? Well, I wonder what you would be able to write because Barnabas is not really, uh, as you can say, a forefront figure in the New Testament church. But Barnabas, behind the scenes, was much instrumental in establishing the first church, uh, that first church in Jerusalem, although overshadowed by many bigger characters, such as the Apostle Paul or all the disciples, Barnabas was a key figure, a key figure here, as I do want to preach to you about the life of Barnabas and what we can draw, what we can draw from this character and what he was like and what he accomplished in the work of of God. In our present day time, you can pretty well say that the whole world has been evangelized. You can make the argument that there are churches on every corner. You can go to other countries, well, most other countries, and you can see that there are churches. You can see that many lands have been evangelized, either through a radio ministry or through, as we have in our day, Zoom and internet, as we can see the gospel has gone forth. It has gone forth in this world. The spreading of the gospel in every age has its ups and downs due to the apostasy of the world. In the spreading of the gospel, the Bible tells us that there is an adversary, there is a foe who comes to destroy the work of God. There are, the devil is working tirelessly to abolish the church of Christ. And as we see, well, even in some countries, that there is not a Christian church to be found. And if you are found while preaching the word of God, you would go to prison. And even in extreme cases, you would lose your life. And this is what is going on in our day as we see some of these countries that have abolished the church of Jesus Christ. We often only remember big names such as the Apostle Paul or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are some common figures that would come to your mind in the establishment of the first church in the New Testament. We know the Lord used these men and their credit is notably due, as they all had a crucial part in establishing the first church there in Antioch, but we often overlook the hidden gems in God's Word. There are some that are working behind the scenes. Uh, let us go back in time and uh, put ourselves in the era of the building of the first church. Well, there's many churches today, perhaps even uh, too many to number, uh, but remember that the numbered uh, churches today, they all started with one. Uh, the first Christian church uh, that was established there in Antioch, it all started from here. Uh, this is where it started. It, doesn't, it didn't start, as the world will tell you, it didn't start in the back room with a bunch of uh, politicians in the back room. It started right here, as the Bible tells us, in the New Testament church here uh, in Antioch. I'm talking about a man the Lord used to help establish and who had a great influence in the New Testament church in Jerusalem. Well, the man Barnabas, as we read, his name being interpreted the son of consolation in verse 36. And in the original, that consolation, the meaning directly translates to encourager or encouragement. He was his name actually literally meant encouragement. Uh, he was a great encouragement of the Lord's work. And that's something we must understand and take uh, from this man Barnabas, that he was a great encourager in the Lord's work. You see, you don't need to be a Moses to be a part of the work of God. You can be a Barnabas. Uh, here, uh, as we uh, come very early on, we understand by his name that he was... Uh, he, his name uh, literally meant encourager. Uh, this man was a good man uh, in the eyes of the Lord. He was a man who was willing to take a second place in order to see the advancement of the church of Jesus Christ. You don't hear that today because everybody uh, wants first place. Everybody wants the gold medal. Everybody wants the credit 
but here is a man that's working behind the scenes that all he cares about is the growth of the church of Christ. That's all he cares about. And uh, quite willingly, uh, uh, willingly to take a second place. During this time of the great awakening that took place in Antioch, the church began to build, and alas, here we have the establishment of the first New Testament church. This notable figure who had a big influence upon the first church, well, his name is none other than Barnabas, the son of consolation. Therefore, I want to preach to you here tonight about the life of Barnabas, and I have just three uh, major points I want to uh, draw your attention here. Uh, The first is his character, the second is his work, and the third is his message. So firstly then, let us get in and see his character. His character here, as it states in Acts chapter 11, verse 24. In Acts chapter 11, verse 24 here. I'll just read it to you. As it says there, For he was a good man. Remember here we're reading when Barnabas was sent to Antioch. Let's see what the Scriptures have to say. Verse 24 of chapter 11, For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost, and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Very quickly, we see a great parallel to the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. As Peter, when he preached on the Lord Jesus, he said that he went about doing good. That Christ went about doing good. And here is another man, a Barnabas, who was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost. Barnabas was one of the leaders in the early Jerusalem church and was later a missionary to the Gentiles. He was a Levite and a a Cyprian Jew. His original birth name was Joseph, but later on the apostles changed his name to Barnabas as we uh, see in Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 36, which means the son of consolation, which I told you it means encouragement or encourager. Barnabas had tremendous zeal for the Lord's work. As you can put yourself in his shoes, he, all he cared about was to see the work of Christ go through. He had a tremendous zeal for the work of God, and he always uh, put the kingdom first. And we see a great example of this in Acts 4, chapter 37, where it says here, a having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the feet of the apostles. So right away we see that this man was a generous man. He was a giver, and all he cared about was to see the establishment of the Lord's work. We know as the Scriptures say that the Lord, He loves a cheerful giver. Uh, He wasn't a grudgeful man. He didn't have to, as you can say, uh, scrape into the uh, bottom of His pockets and and be forced grudgingly to throw away His money to the Lord's work. No, He did it uh, graciously. He possessed great spiritual qualities and was able to discern the the Apostle Paul's genuine conversion in Acts 9 verse 27. Barnabas was a key figure to the Apostle Paul's success. Well, we often know the Apostle Paul's conversion as he was once known of Saul of Tarsus as he was binding up the Christian, uh, the Christians and even consented uh, to the death of Stephen. And even when he came to the Apostles, well, the others looked at Paul and they said, what use is he going to be as uh, this man was persecuting Uh, the church of Christ. Well, here is Barnabas in Acts chapter 9, verse 27. It says here, but Barnabas took him. I want you to remember that here tonight. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And Paul was denied by the apostles and they wanted nothing to do with him because of his past persecuting of the Christian people. But Barnabas took him and showed the others how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Well, here is a man uh, that's giving perhaps a second chance, as you can say, uh, to the Apostle Paul. 
And Barnabas showed his tremendous courage and discernment when standing up for Paul. He was also a man of unselfishness. Very hard to go into the work of God by being a selfish person. Because here we see by the character of Barnabas in Acts chapter 11, verse 25, it reads here, I'll just read it to you, in Acts 11, verse 25, it reads, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Well, now he's going to Saul. There was a great potential harvest to be reaped. He did not stay by himself to reap the harvest himself, but rather he sought Paul for help. Here we see Barnabas seeking Paul for help. Why did he seek for Paul? Well, because he was apostle. He was an apostle to the Gentiles, and Antioch was such a city that had many Gentiles. Well, you can say that the Apostle Paul was the right tool for the job. And those who uh, do no construction, well, you always want the right tool for the job. Otherwise, you're going to be working a little bit harder. Uh, So here, uh, Barnabas understood uh, that Paul uh, was the right man uh, for the job. He was humble in his actions and sought for assistance. Well, here you see Paul had certain gifts that Barnabas did not have, but despite the difference, it did not hinder Barnabas. Again, he was willing to take second place, only to see the church of Jesus Christ succeed. Here, how many can say that in our present time? What a lesson to learn about church building. There are so many that want to be praised, but this man worked behind the scenes not caring about self-praise, but coming into the Lord's work humbly, and not caring about the corporate building centers of the time, uh, but really had a heart uh, for uh, the Lord's work. And this great encourager uh, would have brought great encouragement to all those. And you see here, as I mentioned once before, you don't need to be a giant of the faith. As this message is applied, it's not just applied to the preacher, uh, but it's applied to the whole body of Christ, that we need to be encouragers uh, one to another. Uh, as even uh, we read this morning about Moses in, in Deuteronomy, how he hands the torch to Joshua, and the exact words, he says, encourage him. As he tells the people of Israel, encourage him. As he goes on uh, to fill these great shoes of Moses, uh, Moses himself, I can tell you, uh, was an encourager. Uh, Moses himself was definitely an encourager. So we need to be uh, encouragers one to another and uh, that we would see uh, the church of Christ go forward uh, even in our time. Secondly, I want to show you his work. Uh, What was Barnabas' work and what was he uh, involved in? Well, in Acts chapter 11, uh, verse 22, it makes it uh, very clear there. Acts chapter 11, verse 22, I'll read it to you. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. And there we know that Barnabas was one of the leaders in the early uh, church there, but here, uh, what was uh, his work? Barnabas was a preacher. Barnabas was a preacher and a leader in the Lord's work. As we see in Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15, verse 35 here, once again as we see it here, Acts chapter 15, verse 35, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch. Here it is. It tells you what they're doing. Teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. So you ask, you say, well, uh, what's wrong in our present day? Because, well, there's many churches that are being established, but uh, there's really nothing uh, going on inside. You can say that there's, well, much activity, but little progress. Well, the progress doesn't come from any corporate building. Uh, Here, Paul and Barnabas, uh, they uh, contributed to the advancement of the gospel by teaching and preaching the word of the Lord. 
That's how the church increased in the early church. Uh, They didn't have the gimmicks of the time. Uh, They didn't have the entertainment centers. Uh, But here, very plainly, the Holy Ghost tells us uh, that they were teaching and preaching the Word of the Lord and with many others also. So we know that Barnabas was a preacher and a leader in the Lord's work, as we see. And you see, Barnabas was not jealous when coming to the Lord's work. And I I mention that because we have to guard ourselves about jealousy. Uh, Even jealousy in the Lord's work, there might be uh, someone who might have a, a different gift than you or someone who might be able to do something better, but that's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing here, and we have to guard ourselves uh, about jealousy uh, even when coming uh, to the Lord's work. And here, Barnabas was not jealous when coming to the Lord's work. He did not get caught up with pride and uh, empire building, which is seen in our day uh, with these uh, mega churches, you can say. Uh, but here, when he was sent, when he was sent by the Jerusalem church to Antioch upon his arrival, it shows his response to the growing work in the church. And here it says uh, his response in Acts chapter 11, verse 23. If you can turn to Acts chapter 11, uh, verse 23, it says here, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, so here he's a witness of the church growing uh, here in Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, He was glad. He was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. And it goes on here in verse 24 as we read, For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. He was glad. He had joy in his heart. And when he seen uh, this church building, uh, souls were getting saved and the Lord was working mightily. He didn't get jealous. No, but he was glad. There was joy in his heart. And so must we be, when we see a church grow or people being added to a church, we must be glad. Uh, We must be joyful to see uh, God working uh, even in his own a house. And here it shows that when we came, that when he came and he saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord. And you see, that's an exhortation here tonight, is to remain faithful to the work of God. That was his message. As this great encourager, he knew how to speak. He was gifted here in the preaching of the word, and he would encourage these people to remain faithful to the Lord and steadfast purpose. He wasn't jealous that he didn't get the praise in leading many to the Lord, but he was glad in his heart to see people getting saved. That's all he cared about. He say, he's seen that these people were being saved from their sin, and Barnabas officially started his ministry when being led by the Spirit and receiving the call in Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 2. And what it says there, it says, Separate me, uh, Barnabas and Saul, uh, for the work whereunto I have called them. And there is that great call uh, by the Holy Spirit of God. And Barnabas uh, did the work of an evangelist. His pioneering work had tremendous effect. It said that anywhere he went, there was an effect. Any church he preached, there was always a gathering. There was always something happening. Well, as we read before, if you want to be instrumental in the work of God, you must be full of the Holy Ghost. You must be full of the Holy Ghost. And in our day, you see, that's, a, that's something that has been neglected. It's been neglected in the church when you see uh, academic scholarship that has taken the place of the Holy Spirit, uh, when you see a church building that has pushed the Holy Ghost aside and that man's efforts are all over the church. Give us men, we pray as we've seen in the first reading, give us men full of the Holy Ghost. That was the credential. They didn't care about academic scholarship. They didn't care about uh, whether the man was a philosopher or how many uh, degrees he may had. They says, give us men full of the Holy Spirit of the living God. 
How can the church be grown? Uh, how can there be any advancement in the church apart from the Spirit of God? Look at what we just read uh, as we see uh, the Spirit said, uh, separate me Barnabas and Saul. Uh, look at those words, for the work whereunto I have called them. That's the call of God. It's the Spirit's leading in the church, in the building of the church. You see, it doesn't matter if you're a small countryside church. It doesn't matter if you're a church of five or six people. If the Lord is leading and the Spirit is working, then here it is. You see the success that is going to come. Barnabas, as we know, he could go into a place where there was no regard for God. There was no interest. He would have a full influence upon them. Barnabas and his work was also in a very dangerous context with unbelieving Jews and those who wanted to kill them. As we see Paul being stoned in Acts chapter 14, verses 21 to 23. But despite the dangers, despite the dangers... He went on to serve the Lord. He went on to serve the Lord and working hard to bring the unsaved to Christ. He worked tirelessly to see souls saved. And isn't that the work of the church? The work of the church is we are, yes, there's many functions in the church, but the primary function is the preaching of God's Word. That's the main function of the church. And when you go away from the main function of the church, well, things begin to fall out of place. Because here we see that the advancement of the church, it came through the preaching and through here a great movement by the Spirit of God. I want to draw to your attention the great connection between being filled with the Spirit of God and people being added unto the Lord. Notice uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 24. Well, uh, don't take my word for it. It says right here, it says, For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And then it goes there, and much people was added unto the Lord. It goes hand in hand. You see here, as it goes hand in hand, as we know, uh, the Holy Ghost was at work, and much people were added uh, even unto uh, the Lord. And thirdly, uh, let us look at uh, his message. Uh, his message. What was uh, Barnabas's message? Well, it was quite simple. It was a quite simple message in Acts chapter 11, uh, verse 23. We understand what Barnabas preached. And notice what it says here in verse 23. Who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart that they would cleave unto the Lord. That was his message. That's the only message he, have. Uh, he had that you see here that Barnabas didn't have the gimmicks of his time. He went there solely with the gospel message. That's all he had. He didn't have anything else. And that was where his success came. And he preached unto them to cleave unto the Lord. And Barnabas and his message was very clear as he stated in Acts chapter 11, verse 23, exhorted them all that with all purpose of heart that they would cleave unto the Lord. His message was to cleave to Christ. It was his only message. It was the only message he didn't preach about man's opinion nor the religious gimmicks that was going around at his time. He preached Christ he knew his task. It was to edify the body of Christ and to lead sinners unto the Lord. And in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it goes on to read here, Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians uh, first in Antioch. He taught in Antioch a large crowd, and uh, many uh, were converted. He uh, didn't just leave after they were converted, but he stayed. 
He didn't just go and, uh, when souls were getting saved, but he stuck around uh, to make sure that these uh, new Christian converts uh, were getting uh, the right guidance. And what a lesson that we can learn here is for uh, new converts that we are to be a light to new converts and to stick around. It's, it's a joy when someone gets saved. It's a joy when someone comes to know the Lord, but it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there, as the Bible says, that they need to be edified, to be built up in the Lord, and to be encouraged. This man, who was a great encourager, knew what it was uh, knew what it was that uh, not only the preacher or the missionaries or the elders, but the people, uh, the people need to be encouraged. Barnabas knew that. Barnabas knew uh, that what uh, this part had to play uh, with the building of the first early church, uh, people needed to be encouraged. Uh, people needed to be lifted up. Here, we see that he edified them too to build them up in the Lord. His message, effective and with great power, that this man had a great effect. Uh, here, a cleave to the Lord he preached. That was his message. Cleave to the Lord he preached. And that's what was building the church. And go back in time and you can see the gospel was being preached. Souls were getting saved. The Holy Ghost was at work. And there it says, much souls were added unto the church. So, well, you say, well, what's different in our day? Uh, how come, you know, there's churches uh, that are preaching the gospel today? Uh, there's many churches uh, that are doing many things for God. But here we can learn something from the first early church. And here he exhorted them uh, to cleave to Christ by faith. Uh, we see also that his message was attacked in Acts chapter 15, verses 1 to 2. You see, you can be sure that when you're preaching the gospel, well, there's going to be the devil right behind you. Because here you see in Acts chapter 15, I'll read it to you. Chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. So here's a different wind of doctrine that's being preached. Verse 2 goes on to say, When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders, about this question. You see, when there was an attack on the church, when the false doctrine was being preached, they went right back. They went right back to confront the error of their time. Error needs to be confronted. Error needed to be confronted, and the only place where error, and the only thing how to get rid of error, well, is to preach the truth. It's to come with the truth that abolishes all error. And they uh, didn't waste any time as they went very quickly uh, back to that first church that they established. And uh, they went to sort things out. They did not neglect the church. And we must be reminded uh, that a church in need, it's easy uh, to push a church inside and to say uh, that, oh, you know, this church is washed up. There's no saving this church. But you have to be careful with that. You have to be very careful uh, because here it says uh, that even the false doctrine was being preached. They went very quickly. As you can say, uh, that saying, well, there's a saying in war, it says, uh, no man left behind. Well, here uh, you can see that Paul and Barnabas, who were very inseparable, uh, who did many things together, well, they went back. They went back uh, just to see this church uh, who was in need to succeed. When men came down from Judea teaching that except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved, Barnabas fought for Christ. He contended for the faith. In Acts 15, verse 2, it reads, as we just read, in Acts 15, verse 2, it shows that Barnabas and Paul are to go and confront the heresy that was being taught. So must we also contend for the faith 
This New Testament evangelist shows us great evidence of preaching Christ to the lost. You see, he didn't stop. He didn't stop when confronted uh, when being confronted by the Jews, nor uh, when persecution came, uh, but trusted in the Lord, and he expected to see souls saved. He expected uh, to see souls saved. You see, Barnabas and Paul preached the gospel as glad tidings, as good news. This was something that they knew. This is going to work. There's a great power in the preaching of the gospel of Christ, and here they expected God's to work despite the heresy of the time. You know, in our day, we must trust the message in which we preach. Trust the message that Jesus saves. Well, you say there's much heresy going on in our day, but we are to trust the message because it is the true message. It is the true message as Paul and Barnabas understood and they expected souls to be saved. They trust in the Lord and expected to see those being converted. You see, Barnabas and Paul preached the gospel and it's called the gospel of the grace of God because the whole system originated in the free and unmerited favor of God. That's where it originated. They knew that this was a great gift. They knew the grace of God and they added nothing to it. They did not add to the gospel. And that's how we are to preach. Not like the corrupted churches of our day and the false teachers continually adding to the work and taking away from God's Word and adding to the Word as God. He puts a curse on anyone to do such a thing. In Revelation 22, verse 19, the Lord, He puts a curse and it says here, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, of this book, of my word, the Lord says, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. His message and ministry proclaimed Christ to the hearers. Christ as King. Christ as Redeemer. Christ as Almighty Savior. This is what the early church preached. This is all the early church preached. And they contended and they fought for God. What it is uh, to fight for God. What it is uh, to be in the fight for the Lord as these men, as the Apostle Paul, when he goes on uh, before his martyrdom, he tells the people to fight the good fights. That is the message of this great encourager of the Word of God. Barnabas did not want to be remembered for what he did but he wanted to be remembered for his message. Cleave, he says, unto the Lord. And as we conclude here tonight, as we conclude here, we can answer the question on how did we get to where we are today? As we started off in our introduction, well, it started with one church. It started with that one little church in Antioch. And it began to grow. Generation, year after year. And if we answer the question, how did we get from there to where we are today with the true church of Jesus Christ? Well, the answer is very simple. It was through the preaching of the gospel of God. That's what it was. As we went back in time to see the life of Barnabas, this figure, as you can say, who worked tirelessly behind the scenes, we can truly see Uh, how he did the work of an evangelist. And that's my message to you. Do the work of an evangelist. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the elders. But it's for you here. Those who are sitting and hearing the word. uh, To be encouraged in the Lord's work. And I pray that the Lord would encourage you here tonight that you would be a key figure. You say, well, maybe I can't be a Moses, but I tell you, you can definitely be a Barnabas. You can definitely be a Barnabas and be an encourager in the Lord's work. Barnabas preached Christ. He never changed his message. And he built upon it. 
and he trusted the message. God used this man, and he is today working in the hearts of individuals. The character of Barnabas in the words of our text is reassuring of what a New Testament evangelist should look like. He was a good man, the Bible says, and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. How can you build a church without being full of the Holy Ghost? Well, uh, many modern-day churches have trusted in their own arm of flesh, empire building for profit, relying upon academic scholarship. The list goes on and on and on and on instead of the Spirit of the living God. But I tell you this, the outcome of his character being filled with the Holy Ghost and with faith, it led to many people getting saved. Many genuine conversions and much people was added unto the Lord. Let us remember, it is the Lord who ultimately builds His church, and though He uses men as instruments once in a while, He'll use a mouthpiece. And remember the words of our Lord, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. May the Lord bless His message to us here tonight, and may He encourage you to do the work of an evangelist, and may He bless this word mightily with Uh, his stamp of approval. Let us turn to 576 as we conclude all things here tonight. Five hundred and seventy-six, a very necessary hymn, as you can see here. The Holy Ghost will do the rest, as it states here. Above thine own ambitions here, as we can relate this to Barnabas himself, above thine own ambitions here, Another voice is sounding clear. It is the call of God to thee. O leave thine all and follow me. Go through with God thy vows to pay. Thy life upon the altar lay. The Holy Ghost will do the rest and bring to thee God's very best. Don't stand here tonight and don't sing this word. Sing it with your heart and bring... Uh, to the uh, even God's very best in your life. Let us stand to sing the entire hymn.
Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee once again for the preaching of Thy Word. We pray once again, O Lord, that Thou would use those words. Cleave unto the Lord. We pray here tonight, if there is one with a blind eye, Lord, visit them in mercy. Convict of sin, we pray. We would be able to see Thy hand move in this place. Encourage us, we pray. We ask of all these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.